continuing on with the, uh, the, the witchy theme, it's really, really pleased to introduce uh, Camille Ralphs, who's a poet, who has produced a small booklet on the Pendle Witches, small as it is, quite little. Um, she's come down to uh, talk about it quickly and then read the poems, and she'll be able to tell you more about that. So please welcome Camille Ralphs. Thank you very much. Um, as you've just heard, this is a sequence of poems of 14 poems, um, an exact number, um, about the Pendle Witches. Um, it is a series of dramatic monologues spoken by those involved in the Pendle Witch Trial of 1612. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'll read a brief historical note and introduction just to make sure that we all are on the same page. And then I'll perform the sequence for you from start to finish. I should also say that I'll, I'll be hanging around at the end a little bit if anybody would like me to sign a book at any point, so please do. And also, if you have any questions, please do, you know, uh, come up to me and ask me, whatever you like. In the Pendle region of Lancashire in March 1612, a travelling trader collapsed in Trawden Forest. He believed he had been cursed by a witch. Following this accusation, four local women were taken from their homes in early April and imprisoned at Lancaster Castle. On April 27th, a group of approximately 20 people gathered at a house known as Malkin Tower. After this meeting, those thought to have attended were arrested and a further nine inhabitants of the Forest of Pendle sent to await trial. At the Lancaster Assizes between August 18th and 19th, the Pendle witches were tried. One of the accused, a child aged nine, spoke out against the others, including her mother, brother, and a number of people she barely knew. On August 19th, 10 of the accused were hanged on charges of witchcraft. Another was also charged and was imprisoned for a further year as a result. One more had already died in the dungeon. Only one walked away. Pendle Hill. Now where is Demdike, old as toothache, she who set two families to shelling stars like peas who firmly pelled the mel, hell? And whose now is Elizabeth, her cross eye set high-low, unsoundable, who one time bricked a cat into the wall, who frothed its bones to mortar for the hours, hours? And which of these is Alison, the catalyst, who cursed John Law but was blindsided when a lameness flattened him, flung down a fly-swat sky, I? And what remains of James, the son, the bumbler, scarved in pig's wheel, overleaping sickly faith to come aground, ground? And what became the voice of Chattox, hers, the ticking, clapping teeth and lips, who lived by burgling the devised earth and wringing them of grain, rain? And why the fall of Anne, the witch of images and sculptor of the earth's slick flesh, who was at once my pendle's admiration and its terror, error? And what snapped loose when Alice, Catholic more than witch and highly housed, was snatched from apps of splitting sun, refused to lapse to alibi and harm her friends, ends. And how well sing still Jane and John took both for spelling mad one Janet Dean, who both on book as innocent were lost to dirt, to mouthfuls of black cob and furling cloud swell. Well, 
And how might we hear mold heels stood accused of evil, evil, housing thoughts as cold as empty beds, unscribbling the colic common wind with baby's cry, scry. And how in death lies Isabel, who followed up the scarp of sun and dubbed herself a witch, so the tongues of her wishes exalted and yodeled in air, then were stumped, humped. And where is Margaret, she who jinxed a horse as it collapsed, its legs a concertina, but lived, but to be dusted with bruises from dashed fruit and locked up for a year, here. And what the fate of Jennet, botch of Devis Batch, and birthed by Malkin Tower, built on omens, roof thatched with amens, who turned them inside out with all the rest, a rest. These in fog subsumed in earth as blood-filled stones, chilling that unsweet syrup, dancing to their own red music. Me, green as a symphony, steepling off into tomorrow's air. You, fishing in the dingle in the rising of the waters for a prize of pillow talk or humble pie, for the vast mirage of the future, of voices hollow, small as flutes of grass. Listen. Elizabeth Southens, alias Demdike. A boy knew me by a stone pit. He steamed in the sun's stone kneading, lighting trees like wicks. His eyes were soft as ash, and cities hymned and chimneyed in the atlas of his sex. I tricked in him, unclocked all tocks, all ticks, a debt that plopped its anchor in my chest, and eight weeks frail in rocking light, I foamed at the mouth like the sea. He supped the moist unplundered of my underarm. He yesed, impressed on me, the braille of woodlice havocing the rocks. I kept him at a cost. He got with dog my daughter, bent our house toward a future wigged with cirrus, fingernailed with hangman's lime. I died in prison. Elizabeth Devis, daughter of Demdike. Not for a tick, that very child I dandled on my knee, who never scorned my one eye bearing up the other down, my seesaw vision, me, the pivot bungled in between, who petted ball to herd the clouds, the gristle of the ages in his teeth, who drank thickly of everything. For when I gave my genet lines to summon drink, she marveled that out back the first rain clanked sweet in the trough like a dog's barking. But when she spoke my spell for them, the court, she brought not ale nor milk nor wine to frenzy on our roof but blood. Look, see Malkin Tower molder in her squall. Our home, my other two lopsided children, mother bad to bone, reduced to cold and slop, and a mongrel yammering. Alison Devis, daughter of Elizabeth Devis. Went begging to begin with me. For I was once up trodden forest, blanketed in drisk, when lifelike a trader passed me, jaunting his rankle of pack, and I asked, You'll spare me some pins, Mr. Law? But that man kept his pace and his pins. So, at my wish, a firework of frown thrust up atop my head. Our cur won a shrivel of details, the pupil soft tails and the blue hot abdominal blimp tailed him. It slobbered down, frazzled the left of his spine with this whiplash of tongue, with this fever that chomped in the muscle. So his frame, cleft, sagged. 
He saw my anger's blunt more deepening over him as he splintered in dirt, and I, at later sight of him, untucked these tears and burned to fix his malady. But I could not, and went out begging while the plug-in of my breath, while I had nothing, and nothing made sense. James Devis, son of Elizabeth Devis. It was how a Demdike wrote me into swindle, guard out of a flake of flesh. For her I ripened in the Maundy pew, I spun the grubby penny of a thought inside my skull, imagined wrenching off his ear or Roman nose or the lovelorn tip of a finger, then staking it into the earth in her devil's bowel. Far too much to ask all this of the boy without bread, without father, I, I took the host and gulped it down and led her imp to hue and cry, an oath to rupture me, to fish the limbs of Christ out, semi-curdled from my pop-opped gooseberry of belly. I crossed myself, and the creature petered out. But when that wretch returned, it named itself a bigger god than mine I would dispatch into a bucket that same week. So out I shook the gubbins of my soul, and as a cretin, gave it up. At once I felt the valley shrunk to gutters clogged with sky. I saw a hair uneating embers in the tumble down of dark and rain spalling the heavens as I stole a little lamb. And then I saw the jury clap me in the irons of their eyes. I told them all of this. It was our Demdike roped me in to swindle. Anne Whittle, alias Chattox. Just the once, my man, his skull sprawling with horns icy as cenotaphs, gave up to me a frumenty with venison, a plushed manchet with marmalade of quince, a jug of custard sloshed over goose and peacock, lamb and potted beef, all set to work on unpicking my furious wrinkles and night sweating a slurry of plain song above. And after, well fed up but famished, I gnashed at the bare backside of an apple. Ch-ch. And an apple. And another apple. And felt none the better for it, only old. Yet by this blight and my pan of copper, egg-white oracle, I have second-guessed every future lottery. Their numbers rolling over, sure, Continuous, and their lopped heads stopless. Anne Redfern, daughter of Chattox. In words, in images, I came, I went, in clay of ashen hue. Man, hair, a long dewlap of rope, a hunt inwards. In images, I came. I went from such tough dust and fingerprint to sky-clad, crumbling, bluffed in air, in word, sin, images. I came, I went, in clay of ash and human hair. Alice Nutter. My home, in abundance of breathy rooms, so bright, landings laughing the shut black box of a priest hole, sun blowing in like a bedsheet. Then this, 
A cell, a crook in rock, the place a tomb took root. A closure that potholed itself between heads like a louse, and my family trickling thick from my eyes, a confetti of ripped milk teeth. And weird deathbed fellows, all of these, hair lipped by snot and trust in naked sores, all sweating their whites yoke yellow, shoes struck off like names. And here, my sleep passed in and out at odd times in the day, like an amnesiac chambermaid. My memories, prophecies, drowned in my follicles. And when old Demdike lapsed at last, we lifted her out like a stain. Only later, beyond the assizes, as wind nudged my body's chilled thurible, I swept off to wait where the sun's Pentecostal nod looks to you each day to bring back my tongue. Jane Bullcock. Test one. You lock up our thumbs with opposing toes and then sling us a hook to the watery snug. The river rust jungled with change, refuse, the curdled recollect of stars. The river that lays siege to us, only later to gush at our throat like a mob and to swill among our dropseed glops of blood, to divine if we'll guiltily float. And we're damned if we do, and we're certainly damned if we don't. Test two. A gross five iron inches. Long, thick hairs plucked from the cheek of an oar, you sink in like a grief, fracking for the numb spot where the devil plumbed his tongue for any lacuna of sensitivity, any bloodless sump. No birthmark, no freckle is left unvexed, no eyelid left unflipped or body cavity unchecked. You had a right dog's day of the women you pitted against each other, pitted like orange pomanders, you bastards. Doornails, your attempts to demarcate the raised mole of Pendle Hill have failed. John Bullcock, son of Jane Bullcock. They are still to shut up the open question, all us who double joint justice. But be you drawer or mothball in drawer of truth, all lightnings dull and tuber in the ground. We swung by the lesser of two evils. We yielded a clap-trapped washout, hingeless, fickle forecasts meted out like meteors. We yielded a clap-trapped washout. Hingeless, we swung by the lesser of two evils. All lightnings dull and tuber in the ground, you drawer or mothball indrawer of truth. All those who double joint justice, but be, they are still to shut up the open question. Catherine Hewitt, alias Moldheels. Her heaven-heavy daisy chain of bones. Way back, I reasoned thence to me and mine. What is a child discarded but a gap-toothed calendar? Yet my innocence also stood out of the question. Beyond it, I murdered that girl as the cock churned the sun from its grave. And the ears on the conscripted bodies whisking their bedsheets in mirrorless rooms can only grasp dawn by that call. Isabel Roby. 
As I listen. The wind sinks a billowing fist in the trees. The insects are shrill in my ears. And away from my clothes and my dropped O's of love, I breakneck harebrained flee to the woods welter, safety of noise and the bedlam of stars and my fur rippling like grey fields of wheat. But I shall be in a woman's likeness, even now, as ever I was and ever shall be, though I shrank as the ground fell beneath me. Margaret Pearson. So spoke, I felt their note. Here flinches Margaret Pearson, welded, headlocked up in dribbling heft, this wreath of weathers summoned flung phlegm. A black door in my eye has bristled open, not unsubtle, something coming on. Deserving four distorting days, she'll wince in furnace glare of town, 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 of our barricade knitted in skin, and our hatred is won for this effort passobered by cowpox. Unwinked in sleep, I want not your support so much as your fire at my back. Get you behind me. And in the skirt-skew whiffing winds, the improperly groping winds, his raspid wounds aboard, she will be whip-licked, gilled through with the nick of time. And I implore you to hear the word guilty, to really hear it as we and I have done just once for a tirade of years. Which skipping over obsidian puddles, minced peat, the lather allure of heather, she has echoed unbridled her stretch-marked ancient cradle, Ogden Clough. For I pulse in the smelting air, the fields clink in my wrist. But now, the clean slating rain, and my feet slurp the path, and my feet slurp the path. Is all the world at the afoot? The feet have slurped the path. And my feet slurped the path, and my feet slurped the path. Is all the world derivative? Some feet have slurped the path. Janet Devis, daughter of Elizabeth Devis. A night at home. A borrowed flesh was slinking off the bone into their mouths, and in Congress a scrum of tongs contorting lodestone chat and caterwaul avowed the jailer should be killed, the bastard castle doors be slaughtered on their hinges. With such lines. With such lines, I picked the sinful out like stitches from the gossip-lacquered benches of the court. I gushed at Alice Nutter, rang the salt drop of her hand, and Judas all the rest. I had the choice of life or the devil and death, which was no choice. And who but me can fathom this long foss of a family grave, unreeling, grass trap dooring down behind at every step, I was our Demdike and the ten blue hanged of Pendle then. I am so still. They are so legion auditor, so winterless in flocks of foxgloves hocketing the hill, tolling as foreverly, as heavily and deadly as hell's bells. 
please forgive me. Thanks again. It's been a great day. We hope to see you again soon. Take care.